Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Friday, August 26th, 2016. Are you ready for fantasy football season? I'm ready for fantasy football season, baby. It's time to get your fantasy drafts on. That's right, I got a draft tomorrow. I got another draft next weekend. And I intend to get myself wrapped up in about five to ten other fantasy football leagues this season. That's just me. I'm a bit of a freak show. I like to play a lot of fantasy football. Um, but anyway, to get to the specific point, so today my good friend Katie, Katie Selling. Hi, Katie. How you doing? Hope your day is going very well. I hope you are going to enjoy this podcast. This one is for you. So everyone out there who's listening or not listening or subscribing and downloading but not really listening, whatever the situation, um, if you're into fantasy football and you have a few thoughts about drafting this particular year, this is definitely going to be a good podcast for you. Katie, this one is definitely directed at you. So Katie is going to be drafting uh, her very first fantasy football draft. She is in a 10-team standard league, and she just informed me today that uh, they had a they drew out of a hat, and she got the number one pick in the draft. Oh, that's uh, that's some good stuff, if you ask me. That's some that's uh, Katie. Live it up because it does not happen every single day. There even might be some people out there who are going to say they would rather not have the number one pick in the draft. They like to be in the middle of the draft sometimes because something you're going to have to be uh, aware of is when you pick number one in the draft, you've got to wait a long time for the your next pick to come around. And then when you pick again, you pick two back-to-back picks. So aside from having the luxury of the first pick in the draft, you will watch many players come off the board in that time frame. Now, let's jump right into my tips here for Katie, because as I was saying, uh, Katie, this one's for you. Uh, Tip number one, which is very applicable to the fact that we now know that you're going to be picking number one in the draft. Tip number one is, who will you draft in the first round? Now, you got to think about this. You got to make a decision as to which player which of the players that are going to be available, who do you want to pick? Now, we know you've got the number one pick in the draft. You're going to have your pick of the lot. Right now, this particular year, you're going to be looking at Antonio Brown. You're going to be looking at Odell Beckham Jr. You're going to be looking at Julio Jones. And then Adrian Peterson's about the only – Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, those are about the only running backs that are sort of up in that top five mix with Julio and ODB and Antonio Brown. Now – Traditionally, year after year, there's always been running backs touted at the top of the draft. But this year, you know, the trend of appreciating and respecting wide receivers and their dominance in this new pass-happy league that we're in, uh, it has finally trickled down to fantasy football where you're not seeing the uh, consensus top 10 picks be littered with running backs. You're seeing an awful lot of wide receivers in this top collection of picks. So my first tip, which, you know, you're not really going to have this issue because you're picking number one, but who do you want to pick in the first round? If you were picking fourth, if you were picking seventh, you're not really sure who is going to be on the board when it comes around to you. And so that being said, you have to have a sense of who you feel good picking. You know, me personally, I don't, listen, I think Todd Gurley is a fantastic running back for the Los Angeles Rams, but um, I don't know if I'm ready to saddle my wagon to him. I don't really know if I'm ready to hitch my wagon there and go with, with Todd Gurley. So when your pick comes around, you got to have a clear decision as to who you want to go with and who you feel good about. Um, since you have the number one pick in the draft, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, I was saying you should go ahead and pick Antonio Brown. Whether it's a PPR league or not, Antonio Brown has been absolutely dominant. Uh, you were telling me you were thinking about Odell Beckham Jr. Now, listen, I agree. I think the I feel very strongly, and I'm going to come around to this later. You know, this is still your team. You still have to pick players that you're going to enjoy watching, players that you want to root for, players that you get excited about seeing. I mean, you, uh, Katie, you're in New York. You're going to see the Giants a lot. They're going to be on TV. You're going to have multiple opportunities to see ODB score spectacular touchdowns on TV, and you get to turn to Noah and look at him, and just as as I say, Sam Rosenberg, you look, you go, fantasy points, baby, fantasy points. That's right, uh, fantasy points. You look at my team, I got that touchdown. You see that one-handed grab? That's my touchdown. I get it on my team. When ODB has that three-touchdown game this season, you get to savor it and be like, yeah, that's right, he's on my team. You know, you don't really uh, – you know, Antonio Brown is fantastic, but you're not really watching the Pittsburgh Steelers that much, and you made a good point. Ben Roethlisberger has had some injury issues, and I can tell you last year, Antonio Brown was fantastic, 
but there were a couple of games where Ben Roethlisberger didn't play and Antonio Brown's numbers suffered because of it. So you make a, a very good point there. And I'll also echo this. Last year, Campbell, uh, she had her fan, uh, my wife Campbell had her first fantasy football team. She had Ben Roethlisberger as her quarterback, and she doesn't like Ben Roethlisberger at all. She doesn't like watching him, doesn't like rooting for him. And she said, listen, get rid of him. I want somebody else. So, you know, there is a human element here, and you have to appreciate that. Um, you have to appreciate, you know, who you want on your team. So my first tip for you and for everyone else out there is who do you want to draft in the first round? Um, again, you know, it might be ODB. You might change your mind. You might go with, uh, you know, Antonio Brown. You might go with Adrian Peterson. Some people would be crazy enough to go with Rob Gronkowski that high. But at the same time, Gronkowski and some of these other players are going to go very quickly in that first round. So, if you want someone else more than Odell Beckham Jr., now is the time to make that decision because when you're the first pick, you're going to have to wait two full rounds before you come back around. A lot of those players are going to be off the board. Gronkowski's going to be off the board. David Johnson. A lot of these big-name players will be off the board. So, you know, choose wisely when you make that number one pick. Uh, tip number two, go in with a list of players. Now, we talked about this. Since you're doing an old-school offline draft. You want to walk in with a list of players on a sheet of paper that you can scratch off as they get drafted. And you can also, this is great because you can keep your strategies away from everyone else. Make your own notes, keep tabs on your favorites. I suggest printing out one of those ESPN.com cheat sheets or maybe Yahoo. If you go to the fantasy page on ESPN.com, I think Matthew Berry has a list of, they've got the top 300. That's really great because it just mashes everybody together and splashes them into a big list. I don't care how long your draft is. You've got 10 teams. I guarantee you they're not going to gobble up every single player on that list. You can make notes on the list. You can scratch players off as you're doing it. And, uh, you know, you've got your own little cheat sheet there. So you can, you know, make your own little dictation, your own little notes, your own little, you know, you can make your own little asterisk on uh, certain players who you think you want to be eyeballing as the, uh, the, uh, the drafts go into it and they get further along. And I think this is a, a really fun way to do a draft. Um, sometimes I think, uh, we kind of get sort of into the whole auto draft in the sense of like seeing the player cue sheet, like literally get gobbled up as you're using it. So you see, all of the players looking at the same, you know, next bundle of players. And, you know, sometimes when everyone comes in with their own sheet of paper, you know, you could have a completely different agenda than everybody else. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're making these picks on players that you absolutely wanted that other people weren't thinking of or underrating. Um, so I, I highly encourage you to at least go in and um, at ESPN.com, they usually have a top 300 for PPR and they have a top 300 for standard scoring. Um, sounds, uh, the last time we spoke, it said you were doing standard scoring, although it sounds like now that guy who's picking 10th might want to throw in, um, the half PPR adjustment, possibly the second quarterback. I hope they don't do a second quarterback. I'm not a really big believer in that. Um, but, uh, these are things you got to be mindful of. And, uh, any one of these cheat sheets you can find on ESPN.com, print them out. They're going to be applicable for, um, you know, you can find one that's applicable for the scoring you have now. Tip number three, which I'm going to give you, draft a quarterback late. The quarterback position is so deep this year. Unlike last year when Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers were being drafted in the first two rounds, this year the earliest quarterback being drafted is Cam Newton, and he's going in like round three. This means running backs and wide receivers are getting drafted fast, and as the draft goes along, there will be options at quarterback. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. This is my sneaky quarterback pick. I love this quarterback pick. It's my ace up my sleeve every single year. Last year was about the only year it didn't work out because he was actually somewhat rated at a decent level that people actually he started to get on other people's radars. But my sneaky quarterback pick, and he's always overlooked, is Phillip Rivers. Okay, Philip Rivers, I'm a huge fan of Philip Rivers, starting quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. He's been there for a very long time. I don't think he gets any respect, and he's a fantastic fantasy football quarterback. He puts up numbers. He throws touchdowns. He's not unfamiliar with throwing 300 yards. He's not unfamiliar with throwing three, four, five touchdowns in a single game. This guy's a monster, and every year he's underrated. He's just not looked at. And if you and uh, I, so I say Philip Rivers, but I need to really stress the fact that if you go deep into the list of quarterbacks, 
you're still going to find players with consistent numbers who have been good from a fantasy perspective. You know, uh, trust me, you go deep and deep and deep in these late rounds, there's going to be guys there. There's going to be the Matthew Staffords, the Tony Romos, the Andy Daltons, the Alex Smith. I think Blake Bortles is getting drafted, but even Derek Carr. Uh, you know, all of these guys have found uh, have found a way to make themselves fantasy relevant, but yet they don't really seem to get taken very high in the draft. You know, you could get away with drafting Matthew Stafford, the starting quarterback of the Detroit Lions, in like the 10th or the 11th round, and I got news for you. He's probably not going to be that bad. He's probably going to be doing as great a job as some of the other quarterbacks that the other guys uh, in the, the league have drafted. So be mindful of this. The thing that I would say with quarterbacks is there is a bit of a tier. There's a bit of a drop-off. So after you get past, and I want you to look at a list of the, of the quarterbacks and how they're getting drafted, you know, once you get beyond that initial tier of Cam Newton, um, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, Carson Palmer's kind of up there. Tom Brady's kind of up there. Drew Brees is kind of up there. Roethlisberger's up there. Once you get past that tier, then you've got this entire second tier of guys who are still really good. I mean, Carson Palmer is going in that second tier of guys, and he had some of the best numbers last year at quarterback. Andy Dalton is going in that second tier of guys. He had some of the best numbers in football last year. I mean, these are all extremely dependable quarterbacks who are going very late in the draft. So you can use that to your advantage, sort of sitting there and thinking, all right, I'm going to draft a quarterback late. Let me go scoop up all the gems at at wide receiver and running back that I can now before they get drafted. The one exception I would say is if you want to get one of those gems, if you want to get Drew Brees, if you want to get Aaron Rodgers, and that's a decision you have to make. You know, if you want to go for Aaron Rodgers, you have to be very calculated when you draft this person. And specifically, now that we know you're drafting number one overall, when it comes to the second and third round, you're going to take two back-to-back picks. And it's going to be a very long time before you get back to uh, your fourth and fifth picks. So Aaron Rodgers will probably be gone by your fourth and fifth pick. So you need to understand that if you want Aaron Rodgers, if you want Ben Roethlisberger, or I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger's going up there, but Cam Newton, Russell Wilson – you got to pull the trigger on those guys either with your second or third pick when you make the you got to make that decision right then and there. And again, going back to what I said about Odell Beckham Jr., you know, you can like this guy. You know, if 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 you really like Aaron Rodgers and you want to root for him and you want him on your team, pull the trigger. Do it. You know, I, I'd rather have you have a fantasy team that you feel good about with good players, and let the chips fall where they may. You know, you can draft a quarterback super late, but maybe you don't want to have Phillip Rivers or Andy Dalton or Tony Romo as your quarterback. Maybe, God damn it, you want Aaron Rodgers. Pull the trigger. Take him. You're not going to – I guarantee you will not regret drafting Aaron Rodgers on your team. But that's my tip for the quarterback. Now, this segues right into tip number four, which is the meat is in wide receivers and running backs. The guts of your fantasy team will be your running backs and the wide receivers and your draft should reflect that. As soon as week one is over, okay, fantasy football managers will begin to start dropping players and picking up, as they call them, waiver wire guys, okay? Pretty much until the season starts, all of the drafts, all the managers, everyone's just playing a guessing game regarding who will be valuable for their team based on stats and evidence from the previous years. Everybody's looking at what happened before, and they're sort of saying, all right, well, there's a very good chance this guy's going to be amazing again. Let's go for him. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., his rookie year, nobody was drafting him. He missed the first couple of games of the season with a hamstring injury, and then by week six, he came back in and showed the world that he was the best friggin' wide receiver that anybody had ever seen, you know, this side of the Mississippi in the last couple of years. And uh, all of a sudden, now everyone's like, oh, holy shit, Odell Beckham Jr. But nobody drafted him. Nobody drafted him that year. Nobody, th- nobody foresaw that he was going to be an absolute monster. And so I say this because, again, it's just a big guessing game until the actual season starts. It's only until the games are played that we start to see who's playing well, who's getting the ball at the goal line, who's actually catching the touchdowns. Okay, that's when you want to start drafting. You you want your draft picks to be full 
of possible wide receiver and running back lottery tickets, okay? In the first few rounds, the wide receivers, the running backs, they're all pretty reliable from a production standpoint, okay? You're going to see Jonathan Stewart. You're going to see Keenan Allen, or Jonathan Stewart, starting running back for the Carolina Panthers. Keenan Allen, number one wide receiver for the San Diego Chargers. Julian Edelman, number one wide receiver for the New England Patriots. These guys are all reliable, okay? They've shown that they can produce. They produced in the past couple of years. They're going to produce this year. There's no, there's no evidence saying that they're going to stop doing what they're doing. That's why they're up in those top rounds, why they're ranked that high, and that's why they're going to they're gonna get drafted. They've proven that they're most likely the ones to get touches or be on the field. Now, when you get deep in the draft, this is when it becomes more challenging regarding who you pick because now you're picking players who may not be involved at all. You're pretty much guessing at that point. You're sitting there saying, all right, well, this backup running back could turn into something or the guy in front of him could get hurt um, and he's decent. Or, you know what, this rookie wide receiver could get into the mix soon. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let me draft him. Let me let me go ahead because, listen, if he pops off and turns into a lottery ticket and turns into you know one of the best wide receivers in the league, all of a sudden people are foaming at the mouth for that wide receiver, and you're sitting there going, eh, I drafted him. I feel pretty proud of myself. I got him early on, and now nobody has any chance to take him away. And all of a sudden, the the, the wide receiver that you drafted in round two, who you thought was going to be a stud, either isn't a stud, um, has gone completely bust, or broke their foot and is out for the rest of the season. And you're sitting there going, damn, I, gotta, I, I need a number one wide receiver. It's a pretty good thing that I picked a decent uh, lottery ticket in the draft who turned out to pop off and be awesome. All right, this is where you really, you know, this is where I'm telling you things get tricky. Late in the draft, that's when you're reaching for wide receivers and running backs who might blow up, okay? Guys, nobody's thinking about. And then, you know, by week two, that guy is now the starting running back for the team, and they're getting the ball at the goal line, and now they're the number one waiver wire pickup. You know, every single week, Katie, there's going to be a number one waiver wire pickup. Some random guy who had two rushing touchdowns because he or, or caught two touchdowns because he stepped in for the guy who's in front of him on the depth chart, and that guy got hurt. And now it's like, oh, all of a sudden, Brandon Oliver, this no-name running back for the San Diego Chargers, is starting next week. Everybody's going to run out there and try to pick him up. He will be the number one waiver wire pickup. Do you see what I'm saying? So the hardest work that you're going to do for preparing yourself for these late-round people who you think are worth taking... This is this is actually this is a little bit of homework, but sometimes I feel it helps me. It's a little monotonous. It's a little cumbersome, but I like it. This is why I, su- I suggest mapping out in advance who's going to be the number one and the number two running back and the number one and the number two wide receiver for every NFL team. It can take a while, um, but simply just looking at that list is going to tell you a lot. As long as a player is a number one running back or a number one wide receiver on any given team, that means chances are they're worth taking. You know, even if it's a crappy team, you know, if they're the number one receiver, they're they're probably worth something. And and there are exceptions. You know, sometimes a team is just so bad, it doesn't even matter. Like for years, the Cleveland Browns and the Oakland Raiders had zero fantasy people on the entire team. The running back sucked, the wide receiver sucked, the quarterback sucked, the tight end sucked. It wasn't worth getting anybody. You know, th- things like that have changed. Um I would still say that a little bit about the Cleveland Browns running game, but uh, it's you know there there are situations where even a number one wide receiver or a number one running back are going to be forgettable. But for the most part, if if nobody's thinking about the fact that this number one running back is is going to be the number one, <clears throat> I mean, go get him, go take him. And now this is actually I'm going to give you a couple of sleeper picks right here that I love. These are huge sleeper picks that I think are going very much under the radar, that you can go take a lottery ticket from and uh, and remember this one, Katie. So the first one I'm going to say is D'Angelo Williams. Now, he's not completely a sleeper. Somebody's going to draft him, okay? He's, he's not totally off the radar, but right now, he's getting drafted really, really late in the draft. Let me tell you who he is. He's the number two running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The number one running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers is a guy named Le'Veon Bell. And you'll see Le'Veon Bell. He's ranked very, very high. He's a fantastic running back. He was ranked, I think, like two overall or three overall last year. Here's what happened. This was the situation. Number one, last year, 
He got suspended for the first two games of the regular season for smoking pot in his car on the way to a preseason game with the other running back, this guy named LeGarrette Blunt. That's right, LeGarrette Blunt. I can't make this up. Uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell and LeGarrette Blunt got busted smoking a blunt, or at least they got pulled over and the car smelled like weed. So Le'Veon Bell gets suspended for the first two games. So for the first two games of the season, D'Angelo Williams comes in and has to start because the starter, Le'Veon Bell, is suspended. First two games of the season, D'Angelo Williams is magic. This guy is a freak of nature. He gets 30 carries. He gets touchdowns. He was one of the top-ranked running backs for those two weeks of the season. Then, Le'Veon Bell comes back. D'Angelo Williams goes and sits on the bench, and we forget about him. And, you know, it's like, okay, that was two good weeks, whatever. Okay, here's what happens. Le'Veon Bell plays about six games, and then he completely destroys his knee. I think he tears his MCL, he tears his PCL, and he's done for the rest of the year. Well, guess what happened? D'Angelo Williams came right back off the bench, had to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the rest of the season, and let me tell you something, one of the highest-ranked fantasy running backs in the league last year, D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams came in and was an absolute monster. And you know what? Personally, he won some fantasy football games for me. I'll tell you that right now. I mention this because D'Angelo Williams is going to be starting the first four weeks of the season because guess what? Le'Veon Bell is back from injury, but he got busted. I don't think he got busted smoking pot again, but he got busted doing something again, and now he's been suspended for the first four games of the season. So for the first four weeks of the season, and let me tell you something, Katie, if you lose all four games and you're 0-4, all of a sudden the season looks shot. So the first four weeks of the season make a big difference in fantasy football. First four weeks of the season, D'Angelo Williams is an undisputed number one running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a team that score and like to run the ball. He's being drafted very late, very, very late. Go get that guy. Sneaky. When nobody's looking, go pick him up. When you're when you're stacking up your roster and you're going and picking lottery tickets and the wide receivers and the running backs and your, t- your pick's coming back around, D'Angelo Williams is still there, go get him. You will not regret it. Go get him. The second running back I want to mention is Justin Forsett. He is the starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, for years, Justin Forsett was a career backup. Two years ago, he got the starting job for the Baltimore Ravens and earned it with flying colors. Was fantastic. He was excellent. He was one of the best running backs in the league. Baltimore gave him a contract renewal. Pretty, you know, nothing amazing, but nice for a running back. Last year, he was kind of mediocre, and then he got injured and he missed the rest of the season. So everyone's forgotten about him. But Baltimore's a team that runs the ball. Baltimore's a team that's going to need their running backs. And they might rotate multiple running backs in there, but there's a very good chance Justin Forsett might just win back the starting job and all of a sudden be the starting running back all over again. And this is a guy who's getting who, – I've, I've seen drafts where he's gone undrafted. Katie, he is deep deep in the drafts. He's being ranked like 100 overall. Nobody's looking at this guy. There's a very real chance he could pop off and be a nice lottery ticket for you. Now, let's move into my next tip, which is tip number five. This is where handcuffs start to fit in, okay? Late in the draft, when you're trying to find lottery tickets, this is, and we just, we discussed this, handcuffs, you know, that's the guy who's the backup for the starter. Now, the late rounds, these are the great places to go get handcuffs, okay? Certain teams have not really established a number one back, so they like to go with a running back by committee situation. This means that we don't know who's going to be the most productive fantasy running back on this team. The perfect example I like to use is the Cincinnati Bengals. They've got two key running backs, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Now, two years ago, uh, three okay. Two years ago, Jeremy Hill was a rookie. So three years ago, Giovanni Bernard's the rookie. He has a good season. He's pretty respectable. Yada yada yada. Next, uh, the next season comes around. They draft Jeremy Hill. Giovanni Bernard is playing all right, but Jeremy Hill comes in and he's a friggin' monster. He's a rookie. He's running all over the place. He's getting touchdowns, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Jeremy Hill's now the man." So the Bengals have Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard enter last season. Everyone's high on Jeremy Hill. Oh my God, he's the best. We love him. He's drafted like number three overall. He's getting picked in the top 10. Everybody, they were just, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Last year, I said to myself, I don't really know if I'm down with this whole Jeremy Hill thing. Giovanni Bernard is still the guy in the backfield who does all the pass catching. He does all the PPR type stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think he's still got value. And as the draft went along, I went and drafted Giovanni Bernard. 
Guess what happened last season, okay? Jeremy Hill wasn't as good as he was his rookie year. His production dropped off. He, he didn't perform nearly as well, and Giovanni Bernard took some of the touches from him. Giovanni Bernard was out on the field at the goal line. Giovanni Bernard was the guy who ended up getting more reps than Jeremy Hill. And by the end of the season, Giovanni Bernard was probably the more valuable running back, and the two of them were really sharing the backfield as a whole. Now, this season, both of their uh, draft positionings, their ADP, as you'll hear, their average draft position, is reflecting the fact that it's splitting between the two of them. They're both fairly lower in the draft. Jeremy Hill is definitely touted as higher because, you know, he's the guy that they feel the Bengals are going to certainly give more goal line touches to. So for a standard scoring, there's a higher probability that Jeremy Hill's probably going to get touchdowns. But my point is that this is a straight-up situation where both of them are valuable. Now, it's, this is a running back by committee. It's a little bit different from handcuffing, but, uh, but it's still in the same you know, family of discussion here because you're going to be late in that draft, and you're probably going to see Giovanni Bernard sitting on the board. Know that, that that's a lottery ticket sitting there. That's a very valuable guy who could really, really pop off for you. Um, <clears throat> another team to mention is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they have TJ Yeldon who was a rookie last year, played fairly well, and then they just signed Chris Ivory away from the New York Jets. Chris Ivory has been a pretty darn good running back. He's notorious for starting the season great and ending the season kind of poorly. But at this point, it looks like Yeldon and Ivory are going to be sharing the backfield in Jacksonville. Both of them are valuable. They're not both, Neither one of them is super valuable, but both of them will have value. Jacksonville, someone's going to run the ball. Whether it's Yeldon or Ivory, as the season progresses... You're going to see who they trust more, but at the during the draft, right now, when we're just guessing, understand that they are both valuable commodities, and either one of them could work out in your favor, so put them on your list. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, actually, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to go through all of the handcuffs. Uh, another one I would just want to mention, which is even more, because some of the teams, it's even more unclear who is going to be getting the, the the rock period for the running back situation. My Philadelphia Eagles are a perfect example. Right now, their depth chart for running back is Ryan Matthews, uh, Darren Sproles, and Wendell Smallwood. And I think Ryan Matthews is supposed to get the bulk of the carries, but you know I think they're going to change it up with Darren Sproles, and you might see this rookie Wendell Smallwood coming in. You might see Kenyon Barner. That's a situation where all of it is just a bit of a mess. Ryan Matthews is probably the clearest example of who you want to get, but with the Eagles, you know, it's like you don't know how it's going to shake out. It's not a bad idea to take Darren Sproles, but there's probably going to be other lottery tickets ahead of Darren Sproles. I don't really see him getting drafted. I've done a few mock drafts, and he's not really getting drafted very high. Um, All right, so listen, I'm going to come back to the handcuffs. I'm going to do an entire handcuff breakdown for you in the running back situation. Handcuffs are a little different when it comes to wide receivers. It's not as clear because you're you typically, you know, you usually have one running back out there, you know, at a time. So the handcuff is the backup. Wide receivers, you typically have two out there at one time. So it's you don't you don't really see handcuffs in the wide receiver situation. Um, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Tip number six, Katie. Drafting a tight end can be tricky, so plan in advance. Okay. The tight end position has always fit into the draft the drafting process very strangely. For years, there's typically only four or five tight ends that people feel are, you know, elite or, or worth drafting early. Okay, and that is true today. Rob Gronkowski on the Patriots is a freak of nature. He is such a good tight end that his numbers resemble that of a number one wide receiver, and that is why he is drafted in the first round. I can't argue with it. He's good. He's worth it. I've done it before. I think last year I drafted him number one in one of my fantasy leagues, and I did not regret it one bit. Now, after Gronk, the list drops off fast. Okay, first you've got Jordan Reed with the Washington Redskins. He got really, really, really good just last year, and everyone's really, really high on him now. All of a sudden, they're like, holy shit, this guy is the man. He's the man. Go get him. Washington gave him a big contract. I personally have some injury concerns with Jordan Reed because it's not like he hasn't been around. He's been around. He's had injury issues. Last year was the first year he was able to put everything together and make an amazing season as a tight end. And yes, his numbers did start to get close to Gronk's, but I'm not sold. I think it's a little bit of hype, and truthfully, he's probably going to, unless you pick him with your top three picks, you know, he might be gone by the time you're picking, uh, by the time your second pick comes around. 
Now, next on the list is Greg Olson. Greg Olson is with the Carolina Panthers. He's been good for years. He's very reliable. Can't complain whatsoever. Um, Next is Delaney Walker with the Tennessee Titans. He's also been very good for the last two years, and it's only really this season that he's now getting the credit he deserves, and people are starting to be like, wow, this guy's a good tight end. Go draft him. Because the last couple of years, I was able to, he wasn't getting drafted. I was able to pick him up on the waiver wire, and, and he was still a stud. Um, <clears throat> the last tight end I'll mention is Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's also very good, very dependable. Now, after these guys, after these five or six people, all of the tight ends start to be the same, okay? All of their numbers are usually okay. They get like one to three catches. Maybe they get like 10 to 30 yards receiving. You know, maybe they'll get a touchdown. So the hope is to get a tight end who's not a complete waste of space, but one who at least has a chance to score a touchdown. That's your entire goal with your tight end position. You don't want to expect huge numbers from the tight end. You just want to get somebody who's going to at least do something. That's why Gronk is so amazing because... Gronk produces huge numbers, and there's very few tight ends who produce huge numbers at all. That's why Gronk is Gronk. So as the season progresses, tight ends are going to emerge. Now, last year, there was a guy named Gary Barnage. All right, He had been in the league for a while. He was 30 years old. Nobody was really thinking of him. He's on the Cleveland Browns, and all of a sudden, he surprised everybody. He was like a top-five tight end. He was putting up serious numbers. All of the people on my ESPN podcast, they were calling him Gary Barnkowski because they were saying he's like the closest thing to Gronk that anyone's ever seen yet, but he's this other guy on Cleveland. He had terrible quarterbacks in Cleveland, but he was still putting up monster numbers. This is, a, this is a perfect guy who showed up last year that nobody knew was coming. And I'm going to say he's a sleeper this year. This year, all right, he's being drafted very, very low. I've had multiple mock drafts where I go to like round 11, round 12, and Gary Barnage is still there, and I've picked him up, and I'm very content. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Gary Barnage is going to have a regression. Maybe he's going to disappear. Maybe he won't put up the same numbers as last year. But you know what? If he doesn't, there's a, a plenty of other tight ends out there who will probably put up numbers that are close to what he's putting up right now. So, you know, that's why I say it's a tricky situation. And, you know, like you got to plan in advance. If you want to pull the trigger on one of those tasty, exciting tight ends that, you know, is is sort of sitting out there that nobody's looking at, um, you know, you've got to plan early. If you want a Travis Kelsey or you want a Greg Olson as your tight end, you got to plot sooner because they'll be gone by like, you know, round five or six or, or seven. Um, staying with the tight ends, let me just, I'm just going to throw out a couple of names right now. Big name tight ends who are, who would be legitimate tight ends on your fantasy football team who are not even getting drafted right now. Um, Antonio Gates, this guy's been around forever. He's still really good. There's no reason to think he's dropped off because every year we think he's going to drop off and he doesn't. Uh, Zach Ertz, uh, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Julius Thomas, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Martellus Bennett, he is actually the second tight end for the Patriots who's going to be playing alongside Gronk, but there's a big feeling that he's going to be putting up some decent numbers for the Patriots. And uh, Dwayne Allen who is a tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, all of these guys, all of them, are not even really getting drafted in 10-team leagues. Like, they are staying undrafted. Any one of them, any one of them will be ex- will be very suitable for your fantasy football team. Any one of them. Now, um, I'm going to move on to, yeah, let's go to, let's go to, uh, let's go to draft, uh, draft tip number seven. This one, I, I feel like it, I feel like there should be no explanation to it. Draft your defense and your kickers with your last two picks in your draft. Both of these positions can be replaced and changed throughout the season without much difference between the players on the waiver wire, okay? Many times in fantasy football, you'll see managers will play what they call streaming defense, okay? What this means is that you pick up Whichever defense has the best matchup for that week. And let me give you an example, okay? Two years ago, Geno Smith was the quarterback for the New York Jets, and he was awful, okay? Every game, he would throw interceptions and fumble the ball away. He was just bad. This meant 
that every team's defense that was playing the Jets became a good matchup for that week because the way defenses score points is they get takeaways like interceptions and fumbles. Uh, If they intercept the ball and they're able to score a touchdown, they get points for the touchdowns. If they're able to hold the team to a certain number of points, like a you know, they get two fantasy points if they're able to hold the the uh, the opposing offense to like between 10 and 14 points. If they get a shutout, they get five points. It's all about how well their defense performs. So with a terrible quarterback and an offense that turns the ball over, whatever defense is playing them would be the good matchup. So each week, managers will look for a streaming defense. They'll they would see, they would see, they would look and say, okay, who is Geno Smith and the Jets playing this week? Okay, they're playing the Detroit Lions. They would go and pick up the Detroit Lions defense just for that week because they knew that as good as the Detroit Lions defense was, they were going to have a really good week playing this terrible, terrible offense. So don't hold much stock in defenses and kickers, okay? Any any of these defenses on the waiver wire, any of these kickers on the waiver wire – they're going to be fine, all right? And as the season progresses, you're going to see who's good. You're going to see which ones stick it. Yes, there will be a defense that stands out, and there's going to be one that, you know, listen, sometimes, you know, you find a defense, you're like, they're a really good defense every single week. It doesn't matter who they play. I sign them, I have them, and I just leave it alone. You know, sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, But you got to be, you know, don't don't let the draft, don't let your draft picks get caught up in your, don't be that guy or that gal drafting a defense in like round 10 or something. Wait till the end of the draft. Use those draft picks before the last two picks to pick more wide receiver and running back lottery tickets. All right, those are lottery tickets. Any one of those guys can pop off. Use those picks wisely. And then at the very end, Get a de- and, and actually, here's not get a defense with your second to last pick. Get a kicker with your last pick. That's how you do it. Don't, don't be taking kickers before your last pick. I'm telling you right now. So tip number eight, which I've echoed a little bit earlier, which I want to sort of say again is feel good about the players you draft, Katie. You cannot ignore the human element of fantasy. We can talk about numbers. We can talk about stats. We can talk about eye tests. We can talk about whatever it is. At the end of the day, this is supposed to be fun. I know people are betting. I know there's money involved, blah, 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 blah. It's supposed to be fun. If you want Odell Beckham Jr. over Antonio Brown because you're going to watch him more and you're a bigger fan and you want to root for him, pick him. If you want Aaron Rodgers because you like him as a quarterback and you want him on your first fantasy team, pick him. Go get him. Pull the trigger. At the end of the day, you're probably going to have to drop some of these players at some point. Maybe you will. Maybe you Who knows? But, you know... Your team is going to change shapes and forms and looks all throughout the season. So make sure you're going and getting players you really feel good about. You know, even though the rankings say a certain player is really good and should be the next pick in your draft, you don't have to pick that player if you're not feeling it. If, if, that's, a, if that's a player you don't like, don't pick him. Pick the player that you want to have on your team that you think, you know, you could look at these two players and say they both could be good, but I like this guy more. Pick him. You know, pick the player you want to root for. It's not like I got a guy in my one uh, league who's a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. Big surprise, he tends to pick a lot of Minnesota Vikings players. I'm an Eagles fan. You know what? I give the benefit of the doubt to some of the Eagles players. Jordan Matthews is like the starting wide receiver for the Eagles. He's getting drafted pretty low in drafts. But you know what? I end up taking him because eh, I like the Eagles. I like rooting for the Eagles. And I have a feeling he's probably going to do better. And I'm going to give him a little bit more street cred than some of the other people out there because I'm an Eagles fan. What do you want me to say? So go get the people you like. You know, if it's a choice between a player you like and a player you don't like, go with the player you like. It's going to be more fun to watch those players score fantasy points for you. You're just it's just going to it's going to warm your heart more, you know, when ODB gets that touchdown. Okay. Now, next section which I, I wanted to mention a little bit for you. I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh some quarterback things that I've been thinking about, some tight end things I, I've been thinking about because I think they're a little tricky. Now, this is a special little tip for this year's draft. Okay, drafting Tom Brady as a quarterback. Now, as you know, Tom Brady has officially taken his deflate gate suspension. He will miss the first four games of the season. So we already know off the bat that he's going to miss weeks one through four, and uh, he's not coming back till week five or week six. 
or I don't know when their bye week is, whatever. He's not coming back until after the first four games. And as we said, those first four games are very important. So, um, you know, your whole season could be lost if you start out 0-4. So you got to be mindful about this. Now, I say this because Tom Brady, he's gone from a decent fantasy quarterback to an excellent fantasy quarterback in the past three years. He always put up decent numbers. But the last couple of years, he's been very good, very dependable. This guy is fantastic. So with his suspension, he's getting drafted lower than normal because everyone's understanding the fact that they're not going to have him for four weeks. So you might want to think about scooping him up when no one's looking. Okay, now this is a situation he's still being drafted high enough that he's in that top tier of quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. He's still up there. But he's going a little later than normal. I think he's going in like round four or round five because of the suspension. I'm sitting there saying, now listen, now I talked a lot about drafting a quarterback late. And again, I want you to make a conscious decision early on if you want to go for one of those top-tier quarterbacks. Maybe you hate Tom Brady. You want to have nothing to do with this. I understand. But if you want to go for one of those top-tier quarterbacks, you might want to think about scooping up Tom Brady because no, no one's going to be looking. Well, people will be looking, but you probably you might be able to get him when people aren't suspecting. You scoop him up, and then really, really later in the draft, like all the way at the end of the draft, you go sign another quarterback who no one's drafting. One of the remember I told you quarterbacks so deep, you can go get one of these random quarterbacks like Robert Griffin III or Matthew Stafford or Andy Dalton, people that no one's really looking at, and then you can have that quarterback in for the first four weeks. So while you're, you know, they keep the seat warm for Tom Brady. While you're waiting for Brady to come back, you've got this other quarterback keeping the seat warm, doing his job, winning games, putting up great numbers. And all of a sudden you get to week five, Tom Brady steps in and he's Tom Brady. He's friggin' magic. This guy is pudding, baby. But never fail fudge pudding. This guy is delicious. And all of a sudden you look like a genius because you were willing to wait on Tom Brady. Just saying, it's a, it's a nice little trick to throw out there that you might want to kind of keep in your hip pocket. You don't have to, but I'm just saying. Another one I want to throw out there is uh, same type of situation. Tyler Eifert. He is the tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, Tyler Eifert was a monster. He was one of these tight ends who emerged, who showed up as this fantastic tight end who was getting all these red zone looks, scoring all these touchdowns. He was fantastic. He ends up making it to the Pro Bowl, which is the NFL's, you know, all-star game. The one thing they try to do in the Pro Bowl is make sure nobody gets hurt. Tyler Eifert got hurt in the Pro Bowl. He hurt his ankle. He had to have ankle surgery, and now he's going to miss the start of the season. So we know going into the beginning of the season, he's not going to be available. But he is an exceptional tight end who's being drafted extremely low. Now, unlike Tom Brady... Tyler Eifer is not dealing with a suspension, so we are literally looking at an injury situation, so we don't know when he's going to come back. He might miss one week. He might miss six weeks. We don't know, but if you're willing to wait on Tyler Eifert, you could go draft him pretty late and then draft another tight end. Again, keep the seat warm until Tyler Eifert comes back. Something to think about. There's plenty of tight ends out there to you know, uh, you know, know, kind of keep on the radar who you could pick up really late in your draft and then go scoop up Tyler Eifert Again, you might look like the smart manager who's planning ahead. Don't be too surprised if you see somebody else trying to do the same exact thing. Just saying. A couple other notes to mention about quarterbacks and tight ends. You'll notice very often people, unless you're in a two-quarterback league, I don't recommend drafting two quarterbacks. I will mention this, Katie, with bye weeks. Okay, now you're familiar, I hope you are, that throughout the course of the season, every team has a bye week. That is a week where they have off and they do not play. Now think about that as a fantasy football manager. Let's say Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Every single week, Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback. You don't even need to think about it. Well, who do you start at quarterback that one week when Aaron Rodgers has a bye week and doesn't play? That's when you need to start thinking about going and scooping up a quarterback off the waiver wire. This is what I do for quarterbacks and tight ends. Many people will draft a second quarterback as sort of either two things. Number one, to have them ready for their bye week so they can step in when their starting quarterback needs to not play. Or two, 
they're also trying to count on a quarterback lottery ticket. I'm a big believer in trying to get a decent quarterback who I don't need to worry about having to replace and then trying to find lottery tickets with the wide receivers and the running backs. Some of these other players, they go to look for wide, they look for quarterback lottery tickets. You know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, those guys were fantastic last year and they've got nowhere to go but up this year and no one's drafting them. Fantastic quarterbacks who nobody is drafting. One of them could emerge like a tight end as being this brilliant quarterback who nobody was thinking about. Same thing with Tyrod Taylor. He's the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Showed up last year. He was the second, he was the backup quarterback, took the job from the starter, and surprised everyone as this fantastic quarterback. That was a guy who sort of emerged and kind of the cream rose to the top. You know, that's someone where. Nobody took him as a lottery pick, but you might see people trying to draft a second quarterback looking for that lottery pick. Unless you want to look for a lottery ticket quarterback, you don't need to be drafting a second quarterback. You can always pick someone up off the waiver wire, and that's how I would recommend to do it. Same thing with a tight end. You don't need to be drafting a second tight end unless you're going with the Tyler Eifert route. So just be mindful of that. If you've got a solid tight end and a solid quarterback, you don't need to be worrying about drafting a second quarterback or drafting a second tight end, at least not in the draft. You can always go go back to the waiver wire three days after the draft is over and make changes then. You're welcome to do that. It's totally cool. It happens. It's, it, it's totally legit. Now, um, what I'm going to end you with is my handcuff cheat sheet. I actually uh, had some time, and uh, I went through all of the teams. I went through every single team in the league, and I broke down all the handcuffs. Uh, I'm going to send you this in an email format so you have this as well. Uh, for those of you out there who I'm not sending this to, who are not Katie, uh, just listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy. I did a lot of legwork here for you, and I tell you some of my thoughts. Um, I'm going to go through every single team, and I'm going to tell you what the running back situation is from a handcuff perspective. So here we go. Cincinnati Bengals, as I mentioned, Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill is probably the number one if you want to be technical about it. Um, I think they're both good. They're both valuable. They're both worth having. Keep them both on your radar. Pittsburgh Steelers, I already mentioned this, Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams. Le'Veon Bell is the undisputed number one, although he is going to be missing the first four games of the season because he likes marijuana, I understand. Um, I understand, you know, the marijuana uh, enjoyment. It's, it's not, a, not unfamiliar to me. Um, D'Angelo Williams is going to be the man. He's definitely a lottery ticket worth looking at. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, as I mentioned, Justin Forsett, I think, is the number one, but they've got a, a handful of running backs there, and we really kind of don't know who's going to be the who's going to be the handcuff. We're going to see as the season goes on. So they have a guy named Javorius Allen, who is his nickname is Buck. So Buck Allen, you might hear Javorius Allen or Buck Allen. Um, they're the same guy. Maybe if you're looking on the fantasy screens, it says Javorius Allen, but you hear a commentator say Buck Allen. He was, uh, he was the backup last year, but they've also brought in a guy named Terrence West. Terrence West could end up being the backup. Not really sure. Right now, I would say if you're going to gamble on anybody, Justin Forsett's the guy you want to gamble on. I don't know if you need to be picking up anyone else, at least not during the draft. Cleveland Browns, you've got Isaiah Crowell is the number one, and Duke Johnson Jr., is the number two. I don't like either of these guys. Isaiah Crowell can be efficient. He can't. Someone's going to go get him. He's a number one running back, but I don't like either of them. I don't have much faith in either of those running backs. Me personally, I'm going to stay away from them. San Diego Chargers. They've got Melvin Gordon and Danny Woodhead. Melvin Gordon's the number one, but last year in his rookie year, he was very disappointing, and there's more trust for Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead is a PPR pass-catching back. They like him at the goal line. They like throwing passes to him, so he doesn't just run the ball. He also catches the ball. As highly touted as Melvin Gordon is, and he's going fairly early in the draft, I think Danny Woodhead is a late-round flyer who you can absolutely go get. Somebody else might pick him before you, but Danny Woodhead, is you should feel good about going and picking him up. Kansas City Chiefs, Jamal Charles, undisputed number one running back, was probably one of the highest-ranked fantasy football running backs last year's draft. I think he was going number two or number three overall. Destroyed his ACL last year. In week five, his knee was destroyed. He missed the entire season, you know, or missed the rest of the season. So number one, there's a little skepticism because he's coming back from this horrible injury, but he's probably going to be pretty good. However, he's getting up there in age, and he also tore the ACL in his other knee a handful of years ago. So he's got a lot of injury situations going on. Now, when Jamal Charles went down, Kansas City Chiefs went with Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware. Sharkandrick West and Spencer Ware, okay? Or they call Sharkandrick West, they call him Sharknado. 
All right, so keep these names in your head. Sharkandrick West, Spencer Ware, those are the two insurance plans that Kansas City brought in to cover if Jamal Charles gets hurt. West and Ware are both viable guys, all right? Anyone, you're probably not going to pick Jamal Charles. He'll probably get picked before you have a chance. West and Ware, both of them are worth having. Both of them are worth having. They prob- Both of them could be lottery tickets. West is ranked above Ware, but both of them could be lottery tickets. Denver Broncos, their number one guy right now is C.J. Anderson. I was not impressed with C.J. Anderson. The first half of the season last year, he was forgettable. The second half of the season, he was decent. I don't even know who he's sharing the backfield with. I don't like either of them. I would stay away from C.J. Anderson. That's just me. Oakland Raiders, they've got Latavius Murray, and I don't even know who their backup is. Latavius Murray showed flashes two years ago and then disappointed last year. I'm not going near him. I would stay away from him. That's just my opinion. New England Patriots, they have LeGarrette Blunt, as I mentioned before, Blunt. He got busted smoking pot with Levy and Bell. That was when he was on Pittsburgh. Now he's on the New England Patriots. Okay, the Patriots are very funny when it comes to running backs. Bill Belichick likes to use multiple different running backs. You know, he never tells you who he's going to use. One week he might use one guy. The next week he uses someone else. That's because the Patriots usually tailor their game plans to who they're playing. Um, you got to be weary whenever you look at any of the Patriots' backs. LeGarrette Blunt is the undisputed number one. Well, I don't even know if he's undisputed, but he's the guy who runs the most. But they also... They use different players when they're doing pass catching. So LeGarrette Blunt isn't going to get any receptions. Um, they have another guy named James White. They have a guy named Brandon Bolden. Um, but you got you really need to be weary of any of the Patriots running backs. Some of them will look good. Some of them will put up great numbers. But watch out. You know, you can't rely on them. That's just how Belichick coaches his team. New York Jets, you got Matt Forte and Bilal Powell. Now, Matt Forte is the new arrival, spent his entire career with the Chicago Bears, now he's with the New York Jets, and he's had some injury issues. I'm expecting him to decline. I'm expecting his play to not be as exciting as it was in Chicago. He was amazing in Chicago, Um, but Bilal Powell has an opportunity to really jump in and kind of take the reins. Um, I, I think both of them are worth having. I don't know if I'd put my money on Forte, but Bilal Powell is definitely going to be a nice lottery ticket later in the draft. You might be, might, might want to think about going and getting him. Miami Dolphins, they have Jay Ajaye and they have Arian Foster. Arian Foster is one of the best friggin' running backs that we've ever seen. Uh, up until this year, he was on the Houston Texans. The one issue with Arian Foster is... He doesn't get injured all the time, but he he runs so friggin' hard that he gets injured. And last year, his you know he only played about four or five games, but uh, until he got injured. But let me tell you, even if he's injured, I don't care what injury he's coming back from or or whatever, he's good when he's on the field. Arian Foster is a beast. So Arian Foster is finally on his his you know a new team. Uh, you know, I think he's a better player than Jay Ajayi, and whenever he's going to get the ball, he's probably going to impress more than Jay Ajayi. I just, you can't feel confident about his health lasting the entire season. But Arian Foster is definitely a juicy lottery ticket that you don't want to overlook. However, with his injury history, Jay Ajayi can also be that as well. So I think they're both worth looking at. The Buffalo Bills, they have LaShawn McCoy, who I love very much because he was a former Philadelphia Eagle, but... I'm a little skeptical about his time in Buffalo. He had some injury issues last year. You know, they and but Buffalo, they don't really have much else beyond LaShawn McCoy. So <clears throat> they've got Reggie Bush who's had some talent or who's had some success before, but LaShawn McCoy is the only running back with Buffalo who I would recommend. Um you're going to see Mike Gillisley and some of these other guys pop up because if McCoy gets hurt, someone else is going to have to start. Um I don't know if they're worth having. I'm almost done with the AFC. Houston Texans, they just got Lamar Miller from the Miami Dolphins. Lamar Miller is going to go early in the draft. His handcuff is Alfred Blue. I don't think he's worth having. Alfred Blue's not that good. So, um, you know, like I said, part of this handcuff breakdown is there's going to be players who are not worth having. Uh, Indianapolis Colts have Frank Gore. Frank Gore is kind of old, but he's extremely durable, very reliable. Um, He might be a juicy guy to pick up during this draft because he might be hanging around the draft in round six or round seven, and you could go get him. And, uh, you know, I think they're down on him because uh, his performance has been dropping with his age, but he's still just so reliable and the guy's durable. But there's really not much else in Indianapolis I would recommend beyond Frank Gore. 
Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, I mentioned, TJ Yeldon and uh, Chris Ivory. Both are good. They're both worth getting. They both have value. The Tennessee Titans, okay, they are a hot mess when it comes to the running back position. They went and signed DeMarco Murray, who could perform well, could also disappear. They drafted Derrick Henry, who is an absolute monster, but he's a rookie running back, totally unproven. They've got Bishop Sankey, David Cobb. There's just such a mess there. The only guy, I mean, the only running backs worth taking a flyer on, I would be DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. And if you really want to really throw a lottery ticket out there, Derrick Henry, because he's the running, he's the rookie and he's got the most upside. Now, switching to the NFC, New York Giants, you got Rashad Jennings, you got Paul Perkins, who's the rookie, and then you got Shane Vereen, who's the, uh, the pass catching back in the backfield. Rashad Jennings and Paul Perkins, I think they're worth looking at. Vereen, he does something a little different, but Rashad Jennings and Paul Perkins, nice lottery tickets worth having in your back pocket. The Redskins, they've got Matt Jones as their starter, who's already gotten hurt in training camp, and Chris Thompson as their backup. I don't like either of them. I don't like either of them. Don't touch them. That's just my opinion. Stay away from the Redskins. Dallas Cowboys, they got Ezekiel Elliott, number one, you know, number four overall pick. He's the stud. He's been very impressive. Like, I, you're not going to get him. You're going to pick number one overall, and he's going to be gone by the time it circles back around. Uh, his handcuffs are Darren McFadden and Lance Dunbar. I would say Darren McFadden and, and Lance Dunbar, both good lottery tickets worth taking. Philadelphia Eagles, as I mentioned, you got Ryan Matthews as your number one uh, back. Darren Sproles and Wendell Smallwood are your backups. You know, Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles are about the only ones worth taking, and probably Ryan Matthews. Darren Sproles could be a juicy little pickup, but he's probably going to sit on the waiver wire. You won't have to fight for him. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy's the number one back. James Stars, James Starks is the handcuff. They're both worth having. Chicago Bears, Jeremy Langford is the number one back. Kadeem Carey and Jordan Howard are the backups right now. Jeremy Langford's the only guy worth picking up. If if he gets hurt, you know you'll go get the other guys off the waiver wire. Minnesota Vikings, Adrian Peterson, undisputed number one back, one of the best running backs in football. His backup is Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon's not bad. He's actually worth picking up. If it's late in the draft, go get him. Detroit Lions, Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick, I don't like either of them. I mean, they'll be on the waiver wire for a very long time. Probably not. Somebody will probably take a chance on them. I don't think it needs to be you. That's just my opinion. New Orleans Saints, Mark Ingram. He's going to be drafted very, very high in the draft. Probably will be gone after your first pick. He's he's definitely looking good. His backup is Tim Hightower, a guy who showed up after being out of the league for several years. Was really impressive last year. Tim Hightower is a nice flyer to take late in the draft. Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Stewart's your number one. Cameron Artis Payne is your number two. I don't really think anyone beyond Jonathan Stewart needs to get picked. Atlanta Falcons, Devontae Freeman, drafted very high. You're not going to get him. He's going to be gone by the time your second pick comes around. Um, Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman is the run, is the backup for Devontae Freeman. He's worth getting. Uh, I definitely think he's de- uh, he, could, he could have some value this year. If Freeman gets hurt, Tevin Coleman's the man. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you got Doug Martin, or the muscle hamster, as they like to call him. Uh, and his backup is Charles Sims. There's definitely been a lot of discussion about Charles Sims' value. I don't care for Charles Sims. I would say Doug Martin's the only one worth having. Now, last division, NFC West, Arizona Cardinals. You got David Johnson, who's a stud. He's going to be off the board after you pick number one. Uh, his backup is Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington. I think Chris Johnson, Andre Ellington, probably Chris Johnson over Andre Ellington is a uh, is worth picking. Chris Johnson could really benefit you. Seattle Seahawks, Thomas Rawls, and Kristen Michael. Um, both of them are, there's a lot of excitement about both of them. Rawls is going fairly high in the draft. You actually might be able to get Thomas Rawls uh, as a running back. It would not be a bad decision. But Christian Michael, there's a real sense that both of them are going to be sharing the backfield. Los Angeles Rams, you got Todd Gurley and Benny Cunningham. Todd Gurley's the only one worth having. After your number one pick, he's going to be off the board. Um, and then finally, the San Francisco 49ers, you got Carlos Hyde and Sean Drone. Carlos Hyde is probably going to be the only guy worth having. Sean Drone will be out there, but no one's really going to want him. He's going to be sitting on the waiver wire for a while. Okay. That's all she wrote for today, Katie. Thanks for listening. It's been a good solid hour. I appreciate you 
tuning in for my podcast. I want to give you, I want to get you as prepped as I possibly can for this draft. I'm, uh, I'm excited for your draft. I'm excited for my drafts, and uh, I gotta keep me posted. And, uh, and uh, I'm excited for this fantasy football season because this is only the beginning, Katie. After this, then we're gonna be talking midweek, discussing waiver wire pickups, who I think's gonna pop off, and then you're gonna get into situations where you're gonna say, "Listen, Sam, I got two of these great players, and I gotta pick one of them to start. Who should I start?" I'm gonna be there. Uh, text me, you know, holler at me at those moments when those things come up because uh, I'm going to be happy to give you my thoughts. All right, uh, that's all I have for today. Everyone, thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully you already subscribed to my podcast, Sam Sports Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Go to my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Like my Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter, at Smithface Jones, or just search Sam Rosenberg. I should pop up. I'm wearing a green shirt with a big smile on my face. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, too. Um, but uh, I will be back soon with more football and basketball and sports commentary. Everyone, thank you for listening. I love all of you. Enjoy your fantasy football drafts. Katie, good luck. We'll be talking more very soon. And for everyone else, bye-bye.